Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We start with the soaring death rate from drug overdoses in British Columbia. You just heard the new numbers on the news there. In the month of November, more than 200 deaths from toxic drug overdoses. We are now up to seven deaths a day from toxic drug overdoses in BC. This is despite a lot of the harm reduction measures that have been introduced by the government. Officials, though, want to double down on the harm reduction plan we have here in BC, including widening safe supply of drugs, including without a prescription. Got Eleanor Sturko standing by to discuss. Have a listen to this here first. Now, this is Jennifer Charlesworth, British Columbia's representative for children and youth. She's a big supporter of safe supply of drugs for drug users, and she says it should be massively expanded to include drugs without a prescription, including for underage users, for youth. Have a listen to this. We have to be open to the notion of a prescribed safer supply and, frankly, a non-prescribed safer supply. For some young people, they're not going to go to a pharmacist. They don't have access to the doctor. Yeah, okay, so give drugs to young people without a prescription. That's what the BC Children and Youth Advocate wants. BC's chief coroner is uh, is winding up her term. She's also calling for non-prescription safe supply. Let's discuss it now with my guest, Eleanor Sturko, BC United MLA in Surrey. Very pleased to welcome Eleanor back. Eleanor, thank you for coming on today. Oh, Mike, thanks for having me on this Friday. You bet. I appreciate it a lot. First, let's talk about these numbers here. So more than 200 overdose deaths in November. We're up to seven a day. I mean, these numbers just start to become sort of numbing or meaningless in a way. What do they say to you? Well, you know, I had a very um, pointed conversation with uh, someone last night, actually, and they said to me, you know, we're having the equivalent of four jumbo jets worth of individuals dying in British Columbia on an annual basis. And if we actually had four jumbo jets crash in B.C., every year, what we would be seeing is changes to uh, navigation, maybe they'd lengthen runways, you know, we would be urgently trying to save those jumbo jets. And yet we have the same loss with people who are suffering from addictions and drug use, and we don't see the same kind of urgency. They're not treating this like an emergency. It's absolutely devastating to know that 200 people lost their lives to what is largely a preventable circumstance. And I just, it's shameful. It is absolutely shameful that we continue to let this happening. Yeah, we see the chief coroner of British Columbia here, Lisa LaPointe, also calling out the government here, saying that she is also uh, disappointed, to to put it mildly, in the overdose death numbers that we're seeing in the province. She uh, was, had very pointed criticism here for the B.C. government here in the last few days. She is retiring in February. It looks like she want, she's going out with in uh, guns blazing here. Um, let's listen to Adrian Dix, the health minister, responding to these complaints. One of the things that the coroner said was, she said, I, she expressed doubt that government is even reading her reports on all these deaths. And the health minister, Adrian Dix, was asked about that yesterday. Let's listen. 
I can tell you that when the coroner issues reports on whatever subjects, uh, they get detailed attention at every level. She should know uh, that uh, she's had an extraordinary and positive impact. doesn't mean that everything we recommend is what happens in the time that we want it. Okay, Eleanor Sterko, your thoughts? Well, I, I don't be surprised if we see more attacks, actually, um, on this government as we this public official leaves their job. Um, you know, I'm really, by sort of ethical means, not really supposed to speak about people who are not elected, but they are serving the public in those capacities. But we've seen some division between the government and the Office of the Chief Coroner, and I would expect to see a lot more pressure coming from her. That being said, I, I actually am not in favor of some of the recommendations, as you know, that they've put forward. But one of the things that I found really actually disturbing was that at the end of um, the brief that came out from the coroner um, just a couple days ago, it actually talks about the counterfeit safe supply that was located in the interior. What's concerning mm -hmm. for me is that this was actually something that Jennifer Charlesworth, uh, Bonnie Henry, Lisa LaPointe, um, and others brought forward at a press conference that was in like June or July of 2023. And at that time, there was a knowledge that it existed, the government had knowledge, and yet not a single warning that I am aware of ever went out to tell people that there is counterfeit safe supply that's circulating um, from drug dealers that is putting people at immense risk. Um, and so, you know, I, I see this as a means of you know, public officials trying to use that to leverage their point of view that we need a legal and regulated system where people can just, you know, go and buy drugs willy nilly. But I'm, I'm telling you that you, they haven't done anything, this government, to actually warn people about drugs. You, you see everywhere about how to use safely, but never a message about how, oh. you know, even even drugs like Tylenol are actually toxic. It's not a toxic drug supply. Drugs are toxic. And we need to help people understand that we need they need help to come forward so that we can stabilize them, make sure that they're pain free, make sure they're yeah. withdrawal free and help them move to the next step. Well, let, let's talk a little bit more about this safe supply issue, because this comes up all the time now when we talk about these issues. We just heard it on the news again now, um, that safe supply is the answer for many of these officials. So the idea is if people are going to use these drugs anyway, and they're dying from these toxic street drugs, give them pharmaceutical-grade, lab-tested drugs, notably Dilaudid, which is the safe supply drug here in, in B.C., and at least that, if they're going to do the drugs anyway, well, give them these drugs so at least they don't die from a toxic overdose. Let me now, let me play a clip here of the chief coroner explaining this rationale and why this why she supports this and wants to expand it. This is Lisa Lapointe. Let's listen. Millions of people died as a result of cigarette smoking. The response wasn't to criminalize cigarette smoking and force people to use black market cigarettes that may contain poison. The response was a measured public health response, education. Uh, reducing harms. Yeah, so she compares it to cigarette smoking. Oh okay. my gosh. Well, I'll, Go ahead. I got two thoughts because, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I feel absolutely frustrated. Okay, so two things. The first is that actually there are black market cigarettes uh, and it's proliferated British Columbia and Canada to a very terrible extent. There's very little enforcement done on black market cigarettes that actually are funding things like terrorism, funding things like organized crime and actually are putting people's health at risk. So, you know, um, the argument that, you know, this is exactly like cigarettes is is ridiculous. But but even deeper than that is that we've been here before, Mike. We've been here where vast amounts of safe, quote unquote, drugs were in the community. Uh, and that's how we got into the opioid crisis in the first place. When Purdue Pharma essentially allowed a flooding of oxycodone to go onto 
um, the streets to be to be you know prescribed in vast quantities, unsupervised for the most part. Um, to people is how we actually got into the opioid crisis. So how is it that doing the exact same thing as we're currently as a government suing companies for the damages of, why was yeah. doing that exact same thing, flooding the market with Dilaudid, which is actually made by Purdue Pharma, by the way, very ironic. Um, why would we do that again? So you're no, concern- I'm not saying that we should, sorry, go ahead. L- let me ask you about your concern around uh, diversion, because this is the big one, is that we... We have this safe supply program. We are hearing calls to expand it drastically, maybe without a pres- make these drugs available without a prescription, make them potentially available to young people, to underage drug users. So this is what we're hearing from our, our officials. So tell me about your concern on the, um, the diversion issue that some of these so-called safe supply drugs are being sold on a, a, a black market and potentially hooking new drug users on, on opioids. Where, where is the evidence for that? How do we know that's happening? <laughs> well, just wait for Bonnie Henry's report to come out. Do you remember in the summer the same press conference where we first learned that the government knew that there was counterfeit dilaudids out there being made in pill presses and marketed by drug dealers as quote-unquote safe supply? Well, in that exact same press conference that all the media attended, uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry said that they were going to be doing um, you know, a study of the, the safe supply review in fact, I've seen the copies of the survey that they did, and lots of doctors and addictions experts provided information for that report that will be coming out that acknowledges all the things you just mentioned, that there are new users, there are vulnerable and novel drug users who've been um, given access to Dillies, whether it was the actual safe supplier, whether they thought they were taking safe supply and were actually taking an illicit pill made by organized criminals and you know for me it's like we are not doing even a good job of of what is regulated right now which is medically supervised and so it's frightening to me to think that we would then expand that to something that's not supervised the information is going to be coming out it is there i have seen the survey um i'm very curious to see how that ends up being translated to the public when it probably quietly gets released maybe over christmas time even um, mm. I just find it very concerning. I, I was very happy to see that the government actually sort of pulled back the reins and said, no, we're not going to be moving to, um, you know, non, non-prescription, non-medical. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things, you know, I, I put a news release this morning because I really hope the government will urgently take an uptake of a virtual opioid dependency program. You know, that can include access to safe supply, but instead of having um, no plan and continuing to keep people um, suffering in their addictions, we need to have a plan where we stabilize people with pharmaceutical okay. alternatives and, okay. and then to get them the help they need. Eleanor Sturko, thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, I always love being on the show, Mike. Thanks for having me.